0: Well, we're in for a real treat today. We've got Elena Davies joining us. She is always a blast, whether you're following her on social media or just meeting her for the first time today. She is next level, F U N. You know what else was really fun? Going to Los Angeles with my girlfriends. It was our first trip going to the US in almost two years because of COVID and all the things. And We just had the best. Time together. We stayed at one of our best friend's homes from, you know, in our early 20s. And one of my girlfriends just got married last year. So she's in the US waiting for her visa to come through. So she can't come home. And it was just so good to see her. I don't if anyone knows Cleo from the work that we've done with Caitlin Bristow and the do edit collection and the lazy the label um, collection that we did. I did that with Cleo. So I got to go down there and see her and I went with a few other girlfriends. And wow, it was just what the doctor ordered. As you know, I'm not drinking right now and I haven't since January. So it was a little bit of a different girl's trip for me and I wasn't sure how it was going to go. But I came home feeling so freaking good and replenished and refreshed and energized. It was amazing we still went out and did all of the things everyone else was drinking but you know I was able to dance and laugh and have fun and enjoy myself and then I would wake up in the morning feeling great I would go through my morning routine of water working out meditating and then you know we'd carry on the day it was wonderful I just wanted to share a couple of things that I thought were really cool about the trip so on the first night we went out for dinner and we ended up playing this new game called blind window and we went around the table and we took turns speaking about each girl who was there and she had to listen in like she was looking through a window. She couldn't participate in the conversation. And we all showered her with love and compliments and hyped her up. And then we shared ideas or ways where we could see that maybe she was holding herself back or that there was room to grow in a really loving, constructive way. And it was so powerful, slightly hilarious, because we were at Catch, which is this amazing restaurant. And (laughs) At some point, one point or another, every single person at the table was crying because it was so incredible to have this opportunity to hear the things that your friends would be saying about you behind the scenes. And wow, I learned some things about myself that I didn't even realize I was doing. So it was super cool. I totally recommend it if you have a girl's night. You just really have to check yourself in that it's got to remain positive and loving and you've got to read the room. Like how is everyone there feeling about themselves before you play this game It's called Blind Window. I hope you enjoy it. The other thing that happened was before I left, I had a photo shoot for the podcast cover and the photographer who's done a lot of photo shoots in the world of fashion pulled a couple of outfits from my closet for me. And I took one of those outfits down to LA with me. It was a white skirt and this kind of boho white blouse. And I was trying on outfits, as you do with your girlfriends, and put on one outfit and then put on that white skirt. And then I changed the top to put on the top that the photographer had picked. And the girls who were in the room with me at the time were like super cute, loving this. And then I went over into the other room and the girls there were like, oh, we kind of liked the purple. You look great in both, but uh, we were loving the purple top. And so I ended up going and putting the purple top back on. Then later at the pool that day, I'm flipping through, okay, one of those trashy magazines, and I get to the Who Wore It Better page, which we've probably all seen at one point or another. It's this page that shows two women in the same outfit, and everyone votes on who they think looks better in the outfit, and there's some commentary about why. Maybe they paired it with a quote-unquote better pair of shoes, or they wore their hair in a quote-unquote better way. And I just felt so disappointed in this page that has been in these magazines since I was 15, 16 years old. For 20 years, we've been having this (laughs) weekly edition of let's compare women to other women and choose who's the best. I was looking at these images and I'm like, God, all these women look incredible. And each and every one of them put on an outfit that they felt good in And now here we are in a magazine and in a voting poll type scenario, selecting which one we choose to be the best. This really just further perpetuates women against women, and I'm all for women supporting women. It's 2021. I feel like it's time for this segment of the magazine to be over. And based on the experience I'd had earlier in the day which honestly didn't really bug me, it was like everyone was just giving me their thoughts, but when it paired with this magazine article, I was like fashion at the end of the day is so subjective. It's an art versus a science. And I personally feel like a little bit confused by it all because one month you can mix patterns and the next you can't, and one month you can pair navy, blue, and black, and then it's like borderline illegal to do so. It's constantly changing and the rules are always changing. And who's making up these rules, anyways? So it was all just a really good reminder that when it comes to anything in life, but especially fashion, have fun with it. Do what feels best and wear what you feel best in. And most importantly, let's not compare other women to other women. You know, we can change the language and be like, wow, she looks incredible. I think personally, I'd go with the new shoe because I love that look, but both of them are slang like they're, they're killing it. There's so many different ways that we can keep conversations really supportive and encouraging towards other women. We did this as well. We went out one night And we were like, let's just hype girls as much as we can when we're out, really and truly. Like, let's just, uh, you know, if we see somebody and we're like, wow, love your dress or you crush it, your hair looks incredible today. I know these are really appearance-based compliments and things that we're pointing out, but it just really shifts regardless. It shifts the dialogue and the focus that we have to something far more positive positive and supportive for our sisters out there, for other women who are doing their best and are incredible. And who the heck cares what color shoes they're wearing or what their outfit looks. It's just not what's most important. Fast forward to the end of 2024. Think of your goals for a second. What can you do right now to give yourself the best chance of succeeding? If you want to learn a new language, you absolutely should get Babbel. Entry anytime soon, start using Babbel a few weeks before you go to learn basics like how to order food, ask for directions, speak to merchants without having to consult language apps while you're away. So fun. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at Babbel.com slash raw beauty talks. Get 55% off at Babbel.com slash Raw Beauty Talks. That's spelled B-A-B-B-E-L over. So let's get Elena on the show. For those of you who don't know her, Elena Davies was born and raised in Fort Worth, Texas. She lives off of Texas country and has always been, you know, a presence, whether it was on the radio show that she starred on or as a house guest on Big Brother season 19. She now hosts her own weekly podcast, The Miscellaneous Podcast. I was lucky enough to be a guest on that. We'll link to that in the show notes. And through all of her platforms, Elena hopes to normalize normal, make people laugh, show everyone how drop-dead sexy she is, (laughs) and talk about all the taboo sex topics. So we're going to get into some of those. We also talk about overcoming limiting beliefs about yourself, anxiety and how she copes with that, motherhood, the reality of reality TV, body image, eating disorders, you know, all the raw beauty things that I love to discuss. Grab your tea, your water, your wine, whatever you're feeling right now. Do a little checkup from the neck up for me. Check in with yourself. How are you feeling? Let's all take a deep breath together. Here we go. Elena, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. So to start off with, for those of our listeners who have not had the pleasure of meeting you yet, can you tell us a little bit about how you got to this place where you are killing it? You've been on a couple of reality TV shows. You've got your own podcast. Talk to me about you know where you grew up and your journey.
1: So my name's Elena. I'm from Fort Worth, Texas. Uh, I grew up in a really like kind of like sheltered environment school-wise. I went to a really small Christian school, K through 12th, and I was always the... I was the bad girl. You know what I mean? Like every once in a
0: while I would like talk out of turn. I mean, knowing you now through Instagram, which I recognize is not knowing you where you love kind to of talk about your vibrators. There's sometimes some like marijuana smoking going on. There's <laughs> a lot of things that aren't necessarily lining up with your childhood or maybe they are.
1: Right? No. And that's why my um, former school just pretends like I didn't go there. <laughs> they do not claim me. <laughs> They're like, Elena, who? <laughs> but yeah, it, it is funny to look back at like my childhood and like even even into college, like college scared me. I went to a state school, but it was still like D2, like not that big of a school. And I was like, oh my God, this is the most people I've ever seen in one place at one time. And I everyone saying the F word. And I was just very overwhelmed by it. My roommate at the time, like, the first weekend came out of her bedroom, like, barely know the girl. And she's, like, laughing and giggling and telling me about how she just farted on her boyfriend during sex. And I'm like, I don't know what that means. Like, I didn't get – like, I really didn't get it. And so um, it is hilarious to see me now. <laughs>
0: how old are you like, when you lost your virginity?
1: I was in college. So it, I, I didn't like do the whole like completely wait until marriage thing. It was like I was raised right and then I rebelled. But I, it was with like my long-term boyfriend. I had like first kiss freshman in high school. Like I had just been in love with him since I was 14. And so it was the summer after my freshman year of high school. I was maybe 18. Okay. And I went and got a plan B the next day because I had no idea what was happening. We wore a condom for sure. But I
0: was like, just in you know, just in case. <laughs> yeah, because this probably hadn't been a really open conversation that you'd had at school or with your parents about how all of this works and safe sex. It was just like, don't have sex.
1: Yes, yeah. And it was like, if you have a sexual thought at all, I mean, you might as well just like go ahead and pack your bags for hell, you know, like bring an ice roller because you're going down. And I'm like, oh, my God, ice rollers
0: <laughs> will save the world.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's all I needed. That's all I needed. I was like, ice roller, yeah, I can I can manage hell.
0: <laughs> OK, so I mean, I've got to go there. You're from Texas. You yeah. went to this Catholic school. You on your first sexual experience took plan B. Yeah. How are you feeling about everything that's going on in the world right now and Texas and the headlines? What's your take on that?
1: It is funny because I was about to make a joke about how apparently I don't just need only my ice roller in hell because I I'm pretty sure we're all living in it right now. <laughs> just like with everything happening in the world. I'm disappointed in the wanting to control so much. I am a firm believer that like the government shouldn't get to say what I do inside of my body. Like, if you don't know my middle name, if you're not paying my bills, if you're not giving me orgasms, you don't get a say around here. And that, that's just kind of like my, my motto in life. Like, I've tried to people please and do the right thing or do what I think the right thing is for so long. And I've like lost myself, missed opportunities, like kind of felt like I even betrayed myself or other people. And I'm, and now I just make sure that I'm living for myself and doing the best things for me. So, yes, that, that, it is frustrating that we're still dealing
0: with stuff like this. But, you know, I have like the tiniest bit of hope for the future. We'll take it. We need the hope for as long as we can have it. And I'm excited to talk to you because I actually had a conversation with Yana Robinson yesterday. I don't know if you're familiar with her, but she's this amazing woman, as are you. And we got into this whole conversation as well about abortion. And I feel like I'm going to lose like half of our listeners, but I don't even really care at this point. Stick it out, guys. You have to at least hear other
1: perspectives or you're not even opening your mind. So even if you disagree with what someone else is saying, listen to them because that's just more information. I would
0: rather make decisions off of more information than less information. Well, I don't feel like I have all the information in that everyone that I'm surrounded with and the people that I talk to on the podcast are very pro woman. They believe in women having rights to their own body. I'm like curious. I really want to talk to somebody who's pro-life because I believe that those individuals just as strongly as we believe that a woman should have the rights. They believe that abortion is murder. Yeah. And so I haven't actually had the opportunity to talk to somebody with that viewpoint. I definitely grew up with that viewpoint. Yeah. I grew so talk up to me about believing
1: that for sure that. And, and it's, and it's mostly because I was never exposed to another point of view. It was Christian. It was conservative. I wasn't even going other places like in the world to be exposed to other stuff. Like it would be like Kroger every once in a while and like a softball tournament. And there, and here's the thing is it's hard for me to, to say this is the one right thing and this is the one bad thing because I think it's just a little bit more complicated than that. If you're going to say that. That women cannot abort their baby, then what are you going to do for that woman and her baby? If you're making a, a rule about it, well, then you you know follow up
0: because you better be ready to support her wholeheartedly in the entire journey. Yeah, all the way along yeah, which there, there just isn't that support.
1: There isn't, and then you you talk child support. So fathers have to pay child support starting after birth, but we're claiming that life starts in the womb. So where is he, is he paying for the prenatals or like, where's that support? So it's, it's really, I think it's a, it's a gray area, but when it comes to, if I have to make one decision, I lean more towards, I want to be able to, to decide what's happening here, but that doesn't really necessarily mean that that's my conviction. Because if I got pregnant, I probably wouldn't abort the baby. I don't think that I could make that decision and live with it for myself. But that's, You are in choice. Yes, but that's my decision that I made. There's people that are very Catholic and it's like completely against their religion. Like they – I get that. But again, at the same time, why are we – everybody's going to have a different opinion. That's That's the world. But that's also like kind of cool that we all get to have a different opinion. But like honestly, if you got everybody in the room – the people that believe this, the people that believe that, and they're, like, so extreme-sided. If you just kind of said things that were reasonable, they would all pretty much agree. You know what I mean? I think like so,
0: too. I don't think not we're that, that big of a off. divide.
1: There's a lot of common ground, and both political parties, because now everything has become political, like COVID, the vaccine, race, like, everything we're doing, mandates. It's all so political, and both sides want control. And I don't think that everybody is – necessarily ill-intended, but they're not definitely all well-intended.
0: But there are Um, women who are living right now, living, breathing, existing, who will be deeply impacted by these new laws who already mm -hmm. have been and then, therefore, children as well coming mm-hmm. into the world who will be deeply impacted as well. Yeah. It's not easy. These aren't black and white conversations. I, I really don't think it is. I feel like there's so much division between humans. And part of this whole podcast is all about having conversations to understand one another better, to talk about it, to hear different angles so that we as individuals can make our own decisions with as much knowledge as we have. So we just went from ice rollers into abortion in about 10 seconds. Sounds like, Love standard, the journey. Love sounds the journey. like a standard Raw Beauty Talks conversation. <laughs> so you have sex, you do the plan B thing at the time, just to yeah. double check and make sure. And then what happens in your life? I for
1: sure didn't get pregnant, so bless up. But we continued to date, graduated college. I came home and then he dumped me cool, cool, cool. Like a year later, it was the worst thing that ever happened to me. thought I was passing away, but I did survive and I got myself in the weirdest way on a pretty big morning radio show based out of Dallas, but it's syndicated all over the US in like 80 to 90 different markets. Honestly, the way that my life has, it's really, it's just, I don't understand it. I could tell weird story after weird story after weird story, but basically Kid Craddock, Thought I was funny on Twitter. And so I, long story short, was now on the Kid Craddock Morning Show, which was my dream come true. It was the coolest thing in the world. I I still can't believe that that dream came true for me. And I kind of got recruited, as they say, to be on Big Brother on CBS. It's like a combination of like mental warfare and like
0: some like my social is experiments. A big
1: fan. Yes. Oh, he is? Does yes. he like me
0: though? Oh my god. How could you not? I well, mean, there's a lot of people who don't. So, but, but that's true for anybody who is in the public eye doing big things. You're going to totally. have half the people who love you and half the people who are like, get out of town.
1: I would way rather be polarizing than be boring or like make someone feel nothing. Like I either want to make you so happy or laugh or something, or like I want to piss you the fuck off. Like I don't know, but I don't want to. I don't want to be anywhere and make someone feel nothing. But yeah, so got a Big Brother. I honestly didn't see that happening either. I was like, there's no way out. All these people, like how, why would they pick me? And then they did. And it was a crazy weird season. And it was a lot to process doing it coming off the show, being an instant public figure. Big Brother is quite the anomaly as far as reality TV shows go, because we don't film, edit, and then air. It is happening in real time. Like we have got live episodes. They are like cutting episodes together and it's like the next day it's up and also people can watch us 24 7 live streamed no editing like I'm just sitting there having my yogurt for breakfast like telling a fart story and America is in on it so th- coming off of that and just instantly being like not famous because that's recognizable that was weird and I had a taste of it before I mean I had a f- bit of a following on Instagram even though it was a radio personality there were people that Recognized my voice or would recognize me from following me. But that was, bro, can I tell you about the anxiety? Mm. And I've had my struggles with mental health off and on, but I've never been like socially anxious or had anxiety the way that I have had since getting off Big Brother.
0: Wow. Now, I feel like this is something that's, that a lot of people are are intrigued by or think that they want in their life is to be seen, to be recognized, to be famous. And was that something that you wanted that you were actively like looking for? Or did it just sort of happen?
1: I would say it just sort of happened. I kind of always did want to be in radio. I just had a lot of respect for like a morning show. I had a lot of respect for Kid Craddock, Kelly Raspberry, the whole crew there. And I'm like, well, I'm not like the cutest girl ever. But I am the funniest girl ever. You're so, like, very cute. I no, like I totally am. I'm like dead sexy. But I was like, this is so cool. Like I don't even like necessarily have to wear a bra. Like pajamas. I just like can chill and like say some funny stuff into a microphone and then like maybe sell you a used car at the Toyota place down the street. <laughs> it's Fantastic. But the Big Brother thing, I didn't seek it out. I actually had a lot of like reservations about it at first but I kind of just left it because I because and I will say this I grew up Christian and conservative and I'm like a wild thing now but ultimately my foundation is still very Christian I still believe in all of the Jesus and the God I still pray that's still my foundation but I also just think that like Jesus and God made me like this and they don't fucking make mistakes so if this is who I am this is who I am I'm not going to apologize to anybody about it because literally Jesus and God made me. So, hmm. but yeah, so it it, it wasn't something I, I was seeking out, but I did notice, I, I did feel really accomplished getting recognized when I was on the radio because in my mind, most of the time people are listening to the radio in their car driving. If I say something that's like funny enough or impactful enough for them to later remember my name or whatever to go look me up and like find me on Twitter or Instagram or something and then come across more content or you know, humor or whatever else that they're like, you know what, I'm going to follow her and then end up seeing me out in public and having been impacted enough in whatever capacity by me to feel comfortable or excited enough to approach me and want to speak to me like that means I'm doing good at my job the first thing which is doing something great on the radio so so it it was kind of it was more of like a yeah sometimes it's a little annoying to like be stopped or like talk to people that want to talk to you for a really long time or be interrupted with friends but also I'm like damn I'm good at my job (laughs)
0: literally (laughs) like
1: Howard Stern could never
0: (laughs) (laughs) you and Howard Stern are in like I don't know whole different levels you two yeah I love it So I think the other thing that I'm hearing as well here is that it does feel good to have a skill or something inherently within you that you're building upon that is recognized and something that is bigger than your appearance too. There's something cool about radio and that, you know, it's not just about the way that you look. This is a skill that you can build on for the rest of your life that you're not fighting against, you know, an aging body or whatnot. It's, this is like, you can carry on until you are in your 100s. Exactly. And, and that, I think, honestly, I'm glad you bring that
1: up because it's not something I ever like fully have addressed or like openly made the connection to. I've spoken about each thing quite separately, though, but I did, especially growing up at (laughs) Bethesda Christian School, and don't get me wrong, listen, there were many amazing things that happened to me there. I got a very good education, some dope-ass people. There's good and bad with everything, but I didn't fit into their little mold of what they wanted everyone to be, right? So growing up there, a lot of times, like, I kind of felt like my only value was my looks, But I always was, oh, you're so pretty. Oh, your hair is the prettiest thing about you. Or like, oh, we like your lips are so pretty. Like I was only getting complimented for the way that I looked. And even yesterday, somebody said to me on a – I mean, on like a stupid troll thing on a meme account was like, what's it like only being able to bring your body to the table? And I'm like, well, first of all, I wouldn't know because I've never been able to relate to something like that. Second of all, thank you for agreeing that I am really fucking hot. Like obviously, so you agree. Yeah. And it's still something that like triggers me saying that I can only, you know, bring titties to the the table. Like what? Mm Mm-hmm. So I do like the idea that you can't see me, but you're going to end up liking me for a completely different reason. Like loving me for my personality, like who I am to the core is like the dead sexiest thing in the world to me. I love it from it, from anyone. Like that is the biggest compliment to me.
0: hundred percent. I love that. So, I mean, I think that this is honestly something that a lot of women battle with is this balance of the constant pressure of being valued for the way that we look. Ultimately there's Mm -hmm. pressure on, in regards to keeping your body a certain size, like not aging, are we microblading our eyebrows? I mean, all there's just like, there's this constant barrage of expectations and, and value placed there. And yet we have so much to give beyond the Mm -hmm. way that we look, but the more time we invest in the way that we look, the less time we have to invest in the skills and the gifts and the character traits that we bring to the table. I feel like there's a fine balance between all of this. Cause I mean, I'm going to go get my nails done and I like my mascara in the morning. What does makeup and beauty mean to you? I'm glad
1: we're talking about this now because this has been something that's, that's been a big shift in my life lately. And and like you said, it's a very blurry area, all of it. Right. So like, I don't want people to just be like, well, you're just hot. Like that's all you are. But also like, I don't want you to not think I'm hot. Like, why Why can't I want you to also think I'm hot? But recognize me for more than that, too. Be able to look past an attraction or just, like, whatever. Like, I want to be hot, but I also want to be smart and funny and all of these things. Like, I want to be the best version of myself. But in the course of the last year or so, and I don't think it was necessarily an intentional thing. I think I just started being more positive. I started speaking more positively about myself. My humor has always been like this combination. I always compare it to like Mindy Kaling from the Mindy Project, like like equal parts, like blind confidence and self-deprecating. But I just started speaking so much more highly about myself in every capacity. And I don't know if I've changed or if I've just truly convinced myself, but I think fully that the hottest girl in every room is the one that is the most confident. And that doesn't mean – the most confident about what she looks like. When I walk into a room, I promise you I'm not going to be the most attractive girl. Maybe, like, depends on the room. Like, if I'm at, like, you know, the geriatric wing of the hospital, like, possibly I have a good chance. But I am not, I'm never going to be the hottest girl in every room. But at some point, I'm going to be the, the somethingest girl in every room. I'm going to be the funniest or the kindest or the most generous or Like, I have so many other things, and I now am just so down with who I am, not just really into all the amazing things that I am, but kind of gotten to a point of acceptance with the things that I am not as amazing at. And literally, no one can change my mind about how much I'm awesome. Like, I'm literally, I am the coolest person I know. I'm the funniest person I know. And I think that makes me more attractive to people because like subconsciously, they're just attracted to the confidence and the energy and like how I make them feel.
0: How you make them feel and the way that you carry yourself. I mean, we've all had those days where you feel really good and confident and you're more likely to make eye contact and smile and start up a conversation. And then the days when you're not feeling like your best self and you're like, nobody talked to me, putting your hood on at the Starbucks and avoiding all other humans, right? We totally. show up differently. Now- you mentioned, even before we started this episode, that you are naturally a more negative person. Your words, mm-hmm. not mine. I yes. never have guessed that, ever. <laughs> I have heard your self-deprecating humor, and I feel like it's so relatable because a lot of the times when you are speaking in that way, it's it's thoughts that we all have or moments that we all have or, or whatnot. But I'm curious to know how you've navigated sort of switching into this more positive mindset. Is it as simple as just saying over and over again, I'm the bomb.com. I'm like queen. I'm amazing. Any, any other tips or tools or tricks that you've used?
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I have a couple more tips and tricks, those being antidepressants. They have helped me quite a bit. And th- this is can be another controversial topic. I know I, I dated someone in the past that like literally just didn't believe that mental health was a thing. It was like toxic positivity, like, oh, if that's what you're going through, somebody's going through worse, like just get over it. And so I didn't prioritize my mental health. And I just felt, honestly, just felt guilty all the time that I didn't feel great all the time, which made me feel worse and i finally was forced to go to the doctor last year and it takes a while to get number one my anxiety around adding in like not experimental but it's just like trial and error type drugs into my body that could have other side effects and symptoms but i've i finally gotten to a point where i feel like my medication is i mean i don't know i don't know who's in charge around here like but i'm doing okay i feel okay but i do think there is an element of speaking it like that's the universe is like listening to me. Jesus is listening. Like I'm putting out good stuff. So yeah, I would say the more I've spoken positively about myself and to myself, the more I've even believed it. And I'm i I'm a firm believer in that people believe what you tell them to. If you tell someone you are beautiful, they're going to be like, yeah, she's beautiful. And half the time when people compliment me, I'm like, Hey, just quick question. Are you saying I'm hot and funny because you think I'm hot and funny or because I told you I was hot and funny? And they're like, wait, <laughs> I don't know. And I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> so people will believe what you tell them. Don't you think you'll believe what you tell yourself too eventually? Like I literally see myself differently. So for me now, makeup and hair and all of that stuff, I don't need it. I love it. I like it. I like to put it on. I like to like when I'm trying to dress up or like go all out or put on my costume. Like, yeah, I want to look hot as hell give me the bright red lips and the big eyelashes and like some high blonde, big old hair. I want it all. But like I used to need it to even feel okay. I wouldn't wear my hair up because I was, I didn't want my face to be seen. Like I would spend three and a half hours getting ready before I went out because it needed to be perfect because I was insecure. And now I'm like, I will literally show up to the club like this and my armpits smells so bad
0: but I don't care. But I'm bringing my personality and my A game and you're going to love me. Yeah. I'm, I'm
1: always bringing the best part of me with me because the best part of, of me is my personality my heart who I am. It's just not as important to me, but yeah, I definitely like to look hot when I feel up to it. So much work though. You know, come on, <sighs> who has the time? It's a lot of work. This is coming from someone who has so much time. <laughs> like I really do have the time. <laughs> I
0: have so much free time. And I'm just like, nah, it's not what for me. What are you working on right now? What's lighting you up right now?
1: So I'm I'm working on a rebrand. I've been saying this for like a year, and that's kind of like my it's my like new bit. I said I was going to start a podcast for like two years, and I was like, guys, what if it's just like I just keep saying it? The no podcast though. I'm just like yeah. Every interview, they're like, so what's going on? And I'm like, well, I'm working on a podcast. And it's like two and a half years later, I'm like, well, just you know, just work. But just batching a lot of episodes. So I am rebranding right now. I've been I have been saying that for a year, but I've also had some crazy health things happen this year that have slowed me down that I didn't have any control over.
0: You had full-on neck surgery.
1: Yes, I did. That I had was scary. It was that the scariest was thing. That I think that also has changed my life in a little bit of the
0: way I see things as well. them what the hell happened? All of a sudden <laughs> you were like in a major surgery.
1: I basically had emergency spine surgery. Not out of nowhere, but, like, pretty much out of nowhere. I had been in pain. Um, My left, like, shoulder and neck area for several months. Was going to see a chiropractor. Lost some my feeling in my left hand and arm because... Well, at that time, I was like, well, it's just like a pinched nerve. Continue to see the chiropractor. Ended up having to have breast surgery because I had a reduction a couple years, a few years back, and they needed to repair something. So hadn't even finished healing from that before I woke up one day at the end of April, and I was like, oh, my God. There are no words in the world that I can use to describe what I was feeling. I was in and out of the emergency room for six days, finally was admitted to the hospital, and they had to put me under anesthesia to do an MRI. When the neurosurgeon came in, he was like, you have a huge bulging disc. Like we need to do surgery as soon as possible, but we can't do a fusion. Like I'm going to have to get, which I don't know what any of this means at the time, but now I realize like when you have a herniated or bulging disc, you get a fusion. That's kind of the most common thing that happens. But they had to make, have a disc made for that part of my spine and then go in and turns out that he said, It's the largest herniated disc he'd ever seen in a cervical spine in his 30 plus years of being a neurosurgeon. And it was completely out of my spine, sitting on the nerves for my left arm and hand, quote, like a boulder. So that sucked, like so much. And then, you know, at that point, it's now I'm just recovering from spine surgery, which I've had surgeries. I've had health problems in the past. Our bodies are so resilient. Like we bounce back so quick after like three weeks of spine surgery, I was like, and I'm not better. Like this is literally unreasonable. Mm. (laughs) And I'm still not better. I'm still in PT full time. I still don't have feeling a hundred percent in my left hand. I still shake and twitch and
0: it's not holding her hand up right now and it's quivering. So it's, it's, yeah, it's a, it's ongoing. Yeah.
1: But, but, but I'm not paralyzed. Could have been. I have a really cool new neck scar that everybody thinks is a hickey so I'm like yeah I'm getting it (laughs) totally pulling dick every weekend I'm not though I'm not a couple people think I am that is my most frequently asked question now is like is that a hickey on your neck and I'm like "Mm, let's go
0: with it sure yeah okay (laughs) my COVID hickey you're getting some kind of action maybe not just the action that you were hoping yeah it was more so
1: like a strange man cutting my neck open kind of a vibe but whatever
0: (laughs) Not into it. Not into it. Not into it. it. I'm so glad that you're okay and that you've recovered. And this is, I guess, just one more opportunity to practice tuning in with the bod and to lean into self care tools and to kind of slow things down.
1: And I've been able to kind of help other people through similar issues and circumstances. And I think it's made me a lot stronger. It's one of those things where a few years ago, I would have been still so bitter. Like, why did this happen to me? Uh, And now I'm like, yeah, it sucks. But look, I made it. (laughs) How dope am I? And there is going to be something that I need this for in the future. All that to say, I did have spine surgery and it's really delayed some of my future projects, but I'm (laughs) rebranding. You should make a
0: podcast episode on that.
1: (laughs) Honestly. (laughs) We're launching a merch. I'm going to be launching a new show. There's some fun stuff happening. If I can finally get my shit together, stay tuned.
0: You've got <laughs> this. You've got this. The world needs you and your sense of humor and all of this confidence and positivity. Can I ask you my raw talk questions? Yes. Okay. okay. Ready? Question number one. What song are you listening to on repeat right now? Um, Lil Nas,
1: Industry kid I don't know the name of it
0: (laughs) okay if you could go back and sit down with your 20 year old self where would you take her and what would you say
1: oh my gosh I wouldn't take her anywhere because I wouldn't waste any time I would be like we have to chat look me in the eyeballs fuck everybody else literally nobody cares about you as much as you care about yourself everybody's selfish You're allowed to be selfish too. Be yourself. It's your superpower. The only thing that makes you awesome and cool is the fact that you are you and no one else is you. So lean into that. Don't people please anyone. Tell everyone how you feel always. You don't have to be a dickhole, which I used to be a dickhole about it sometimes. You can be stern and also right and fair and also a little bit polite about it, sort of. I would just want me to be myself. If I would have started being who I was at 20, I would be so much more
0: successful than I am now. Favorite form of self-care? Masturbating. Oh yes. You are the queen of the vibrator and masturbation and nobody's answered it in that way. Love it. Uh if you were put on a deserted island and you could only take three things with you that were supporting your overall health and wellness, other than your
1: vibrator, what would you Yeah? Well, the first thought is vibrator, but it's just like that seems silly because it's gonna run out of battery, it's or I'm not gonna have an outlet. So like it's it's a temporary thing. And you've
0: got your hands.
1: Yeah, there's always my hands. I mean, they don't work yet, but, like, <laughs> honestly, it's good PT. It's good physical therapy to just, like, masturbate. I should honestly do that more instead of relying on my toys. My physical therapist would be proud. I would bring a water purifier. Okay. I would bring a flint stick. I don't know if that's what it's called, but it's the thing that starts fire. It's, like, a little metal thing. Yes. And then I would bring – uh mm-hmm. I don't know a bi like a like a book a Bible some maybe like a series a series feels good
0: ooh a series feels really good honestly yeah. somebody
1: send you to Survivor I want to play Survivor so bad I would pass away and honestly that's a- another reason why I'm just like not super worried about the Desert Island thing because I will just also pass away like I won't need that stuff for long but I would I lo- I'm obsessed with Survivor
0: I feel like this would be very good TV it, no it would be hilarious TV. She's got her flint, her water purifier, and a series. Amazing. If I give you a 1000 bucks and you could donate it to one charity, what would you be putting that money behind? Homelessness. Mm, Why? I
1: don't know. It is the thing that touches my heart more than anything and hurts my heart more than anything. I got out of my car in the middle of a traffic light the other day and ran money over to a guy who only had one leg sitting like under because I I wouldn't he wouldn't have been able to get up and get to me in time and I'm like I literally cannot sit or be near anyone that is clearly needs help and not help them when I'm able to help them like if if I can buy all the stupid shit I buy like the dumb stuff I just bought at Target that I 100% didn't need I can help someone I don't know what it is I feel like we all have our thing but I want every person who is homeless to felt like they're a person and they're noticed and they're important and they're like warm and loved and have beef jerky and a Gatorade.
0: So here's the homework assignment from this episode. The next time you see somebody who is homeless on behalf of Elena, please buy them a coffee or if you have some money you can donate or even just kind words that you can speak Mm to them. If we could all sort of Pass it forward in that way. You
1: you don't always have to have money. Like I like to have little gift bags or like tooth, like mini toothbrush. Like you can go to a Dollar Tree and get like a bunch of just necessary things, tampons, feminine stuff for girls and just
0: like speak to them like they're human because they are. Mm, Love that. Absolutely love that. If you could send one last email, this is the last question, that would land in the inbox of every woman in the world, what would that email say? Be yourself.
1: It's the most important thing in the world is like staying true to yourself, being yourself, being authentic all the time. It encourages other people to do it. It, You're going to be the happiest. You're going to feel the most like rewarded and satisfied and fulfilled. It's the coolest thing in the world to do.
0: Thank you so much for being yourself, for showing up in all the big, beautiful ways that you do for having such a kind, incredible heart. We obviously all just heard it and for being so fabulous. Yes, and you forgot to mention funny. And sexy. (laughs) and also super sexy. And everybody remember it. Everybody go follow Elena. Yes.
1: I'm on Instagram at Elena Davies. It's E-L-E-N-A-D-A-V-I-E-S. And all the important things are clickable there. My podcast is called The Miscellaneous Podcast, and you'll be hearing a familiar voice on it soon, I believe. Absolutely. So yeah, come follow me. I'm really fun. I'm funny. I'm fun on stories. I'll make you feel like a normal person, which we all need.
0: Go follow along. Thank you again for joining us. Have a beautiful day. Thank you for having me. I adore you. <laughs> Thanks for taking the time to listen to this week's episode. Please take a moment to rate, review, or follow on your favorite podcast app and share this episode with someone that you think could benefit. Join the Raw Beauty Talks community at Raw Beauty Talks. And remember, it's your story, your body, your mind, and your journey. So think about what resonates with you and leave the rest behind. I'll see you next week. Listen to the momwell podcast at momwell dot com slash listen or on your favorite podcast platform.